to episode of Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me as always are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky Jones. Say hello. Hey. How's it going? It's going pretty good. And of course, we're sponsored by one supposed to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Chucking a buck to get your name on all of our streams and videos. $5 gets you a piece of monthly exclusive content. Of course, we were a little delayed last month, but that will be out by the time this episode goes live. So you're going to kind of get a double dose this month. And you get the backlog. And of course, $50 U.S., $20 International gets you the monthly swag bag mailing, which I need to order, so hopefully we can all sign them next Wednesday during the early access for Strixhaven. Well, hopefully all of us, because Chris is a up in the air, but hopefully we'll be good for that. Uh, and yeah, with me as always, Chris and Ricky, gentlemen, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, excited for some Strixhaven spoilers. I'm ready to get learnt. You know, I don't yeah, know about you, gonna, you guys. You're going to get learnt? I'm going to get learnt. I'm going to learn today. Mm-hmm. Boy, aren't we all. Uh, real quick, though, gentlemen... I think Magic died this last week. Did you I hear heard about that? that. I heard about that. Yeah. Is there a, some kind of noise that might indicate the uh, ending of Magic? All right. So anyway, uh, I was at first going to say all the print errors in Strixhaven this week, but um, apparently those are only for the preview images. So I don't know how that mix-up happened, but I do think the memory lapse and ephemera issue is going to be in the actual printing of the set. So... That kind of got messed up there. But in my mind, I think hot off the presses, the How Magic Dive this week was, I don't know if it was like a pro Discord or what, but there was some sort of Discord where a Watsi employee, we're not going to name names, apparently they did get some uh, really hateful comments made to them, so we're not going to propagate that. But it was mentioned that uh, along the lines of spectator mode is would be so underused um, that it makes no point to pull people off of programming cards into arena to implement a spectator mode so my question is how are you going to be a top five esports like you say you are and not have a true spectator mode to make the viewership of your program of your product more enjoyable for the viewing audience and also why aren't there separate teams to cover the ui and adding the cards are you is your multi-million dollar company that understaffed and that strapped for cash that you can't have enough devs to split those teams up? I think what we learned given the, like, eight-year development of Arena, because they promised Arena or, like, some kind of better form of MTGO was coming out in, like, 2007 or something like that. Uh, The the answer to that question must be yes. I think um, we've seen some really cool stuff. We've seen some pretty disappointing stuff, and who knows what's going on. I mean, like, don't you know that every single basic land you put into your deck some developer and some programmer has to painstakingly program all that synthetic digital cardboard together by hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And think about all those people playing Yorian decks. Think about that, Yorian players. Every time you load in a Yorian deck, that means that programmers have to work extra hard to load your deck. And that means they can't have time to put Pioneer into MTG Arena. Really I was going to say, now now that we know that everyone is putting their time to adding cards to MTG Arena, there's no excuse why we don't have Pioneer now. I mean, hmm. like... They'll have to get back to us on that, I'm sure. After you delete a deck, all those cards are instantly deleted from MTG Arena. Right. And oh, they have no. to be programmed again. Mm, to hear that, never, never delete your decks. Do you remember, like... When it was back during the big pandemic around Ikoria era, there was a big emergency patch that was like huge. Uh, what secretly was happening is you were re-downloading all of the black cards uh, because they were all. Oh, I remember removed. that. They were all just oops, uh, a spaghetti code. Uh, we re- released 
Uh, removed every card that is mono black. I remember that. Oops. Oh my god. Wow. Well, clearly there's no point even having a podcast because <laughs> magic's dead. Magic is magic's dead. dead. But if it were to live, what would we talk about? Well, well, we're gonna before we get to spoilers, I do want a quick rundown through the uh, the top the challenge top eights. We're not gonna get into the meta game because somebody might have been an April Fool's joke that uh, put Almighty Brushwag at the number one spot in the Pioneer metagame. And where it belongs. Before the cowards, Mm -hmm. the cowards MTG Goldfish had the gall to remove the truth that Char Asnable is a Pioneer champion piloting Almighty Brushwag. The Red Comet himself came down from the heavens to grace our wonderful format and put Almighty Brushwag at the number one spot that he deserved. We are we are unworthy. You know what I'm saying? We're unworthy. Mm-hmm. So, but in runner up to that, of course, reigning crew three champion. That's right, three Pete, three Pete, three Pete. Servo token taking it down with the dwarf vehicle deck. Uh, you know he's just lucky that I had to unfortunately bow out and play. I couldn't play top eight. Uh, I will say, kids, don't try to run magic tournaments from your phone while you're driving through the Houston highway system. Mm-hmm. Take, or any think highway about, system. Or any highway system, but especially the Houston highway system. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do what I do, kids. But anyway, the actual challenges this weekend. Uh, on the third, eighth place, Lotus Combo. Seventh place, Demir Control. Sixth place, Is It Phoenix. Fifth place, Mono Black Aggro. Fourth place, Bant Spirits. Third place, Burn. Second place, Mono Black Aggro. First place, this is, oh, this is like the red-green Obosh decklist. And then, of course, on the fourth... We have 8th place, Is It Phoenix? 7th place, Red, Green, Obosh? No Obosh? No Obosh, but it is like the uncommon, the un, the odd build. Oh, they're playing Quest Enemies. Okay. 7th uh, place, or 6th place, Jun Sack. 5th place, Burn. 4th place, Burn. 3rd place, Renth. Once again with Bant Spirits. 2nd place, Jun Sack. And 1st place, Lurus Burn. I tell you what, I played Spirits this weekend at the webcam event. And I was kind of split on whether or not I liked Watcher of the Spheres or Lofty Denial, but the, the Rems version here, drop in Lofty for Collective Company, I think is what I'm looking for in that deck. I'm still not full fan of like the four of Shackle guys. I still, still think you want some double gas heralds, but I did think this weekend playing, I was missing Collective Company in the deck list for sure. Mm, gotcha. But anyway, we do have Strixhaven spoilers to talk about, and we got a lot of them because they said, no, 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 spoiler season is only two weeks, but uh, instead we have Commander decks to spoil, so you only get a week. So essentially this week we're going to be a little rushed. Uh, we each sort of went through each day of spoilers like we did last week, uh, and we preemptively picked a few cards from each day, so that way we can sort of stay a little bit organized, and then next week we'll come back and sort of go over cards we missed, maybe expound upon some thoughts, or look at some cards a little bit more. Uh, so that gives you an idea of sort of what we're going to be doing this week for spoilers. So who wants to start on the 30th? Gentlemen, pick a card, pick a card. Who wants to go first? On the 30th? I do not want to go first. On the 30th. On the 30th, I will go first. Solve the equation. Solve the equation. Okay, interesting. Solve the equation is blue and two colorless. For a sorcery, it's actually an uncommon, so it's not even a rare. Search your library for an instant or a sorcery card, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shuffle. Yeah. Uh, this card is strong. This is I, like the only effect exactly worded like this that I could that I can think of right now cuz like uh mystical teachings um you know it has flashback, it's more expensive. Uh, mystical tutor, right? Puts it on top. This is very powerful tutoring. 
in this format. There's lots of decks that will be able to combo off of spells. Um, this can tutor up something like a Hidden Strings. This can tutor up the Pour Over the Pages, the Sylvan Scrying you might need uh, for like Lotus combo. This might be able to uh, tutor up a little uh, blue, 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 green, green, green spell that we're going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Is that an instant? It's a sorcery. Uh, instant, in this or sorcery. Oh, it's, it's, it's or sorcery. Okay. Yeah. yeah, any, either, or. Yeah. Well, Chris said Mystical Teaching, so I was like, that's only instance. No, right. I said, that's why I'm saying there's no card that does it like this. Okay. Said, Mystical gotcha. Teachings only gets instance. Um, what is it called? Merchant Scroll only gets blue instance. So, like, it's, this is yeah. kind of a nifty card to get either. I think this card is super hot. Um, like, if it doesn't see play, like, immediately... It's going to see play in the future. Uh, the more spell-based combo decks come out, this can even make like some really like fringe, weird spell decks happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this card is it's going places, and it's so easily castable. You can play it in any deck. Sure. You can play it off a single Lotus Field. Yeah. Uh, my pick is going to be Expressive Iteration mm-hmm. at Blue and a Red for a Sorcery. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand one of them on the bottom of your library, and exile one of them. You may play that our exiled card this turn. So we got kind of strategic planning here, right? But they instead of putting cards in the yard, you get to exile one of them, and the other goes to the bottom. So it's a little awkward with Phoenix plants, but I think the big key thing here is if you find a land in those top three, you can, because it's play and not cast, you can make the land the exiled card and make your land drop for the turn that way. Yeah, I think the big thing with this is this, this isn't a Phoenix card, but I think is it an excellent blue-red spells card, right? Or, exactly. or whatever deck you're playing blue-red in, whether it's Jeskai or Grixis, whatever you might be doing, this is insane for that because, like you said, the big deal is you want to hope one of them's a land, and you want to hit that your land drop, take one of the spells you want, and ditch the card you don't want, assuming that's the, that's the iteration, right? Whatever it yeah. might be. Yeah, I think this card's great. Um, I don't know if that has an exact home yet, but this is one of those cards that I think in Strixhaven kind of like with Kaltheim, right? Maybe even more so. There are a lot of cards that don't have an immediate home in my mind. This feels like it could really be a building block set for later on down the road. Yeah, I hear you, I hear you with that. It definitely, it unlocks a lot. Three cards is a lot to look at for, for so cheap. And, um, you know, obviously it can be a little bit tricksy, but again, the dream of, hey, I'm going to play the land this turn, and then later, you know, when once you've gotten to five, six mana, because again, we're probably not playing this in a Phoenix deck, you don't necessarily have to always grab the land, right? You can grab whatever and just play it, right? If it's a draw mm-hmm. spell or whatever you might need. So I think it's interesting for that. Yep. Um, Ricky, you got any thoughts on it? Um, I thought this card was pretty good. Um, it, I've been thinking about it a lot. And I've been sort of leaning away from it in Phoenix, but it's sort of it's sort of a two mana draw too if you use it to make your land drop. Yeah, yeah. Game, I, like, I, I, I agree. Like this isn't a Phoenix card. This is some like Jeskai blue red spells deck further down the line. Right. So like yeah, I was looking at this card for Phoenix, and I was like, this card's so cool. But then I kept thinking about it, and I'm just like, I'm not sure about Phoenix because it's like very specifically good on turn three, and then not great turns after that. Chris, is there is there a card in this day you like? Because I think there's one that's right up your alley. There is one. There is there is one card I really like, and one other card I might mention. The big one here that has me just my brain whirling twenty four seven now, and I definitely want help from our Discord. If you're not part of it, go join it. It's still open right now to anybody to join. Uh, is clever Lumimancer, not Luminancer or anything like Lumimancer. This is a one mana white costing human wizard creature. Okay, it is a zero one. 
But whenever we cast a instant or sorcery spell or magecraft, right, it gets plus two, plus two until the end of the turn. So this is essentially is step links for spells. So instead of landfall, it's got magecraft. And uh, that's pretty exciting. There's a lot of, you know, there are already a lot of Boros spells decks kind of running out there or mono red prowess decks that were out there. And I, I've been thinking a lot about like various feather decks. In fact, I'll talk about kind of a feather include uh, in the coming days here. But this card really does have me excited as, as Ruckman pointed out for either a Boros or a feather type style. Or sorry, by Boros, I meant like prowess t- uh, type deck or a feather type deck. One of those two to play uh, in upcoming Pioneer. I think this card is definitely a pioneer playable, and I'm excited for it. How much more playable is Expansion Explosion now? That expansion gives you two Magecraft triggers. Um, I haven't even thought about that. Like, maybe so, right? Or like, what about the um, the one from last set where you get to uh, tuck it? You get to whatever that thing was called, where you put it to Dual the side. Strike. Foretell? Foretell, yeah, sorry, Foretell, yeah. I could remember. Where you get yeah, to Foretell, and then for yeah. one red, you cast the spell and copy it. So copying, I think you're right, means a lot more now than it used to. I think this card is insanely good. It like it gives me big like red-white rushdown spells decks feels. Yeah. Um, big feather feather deck. Even though featherless feather is what we play now, mm-hmm. uh, because we want to play Loris, I think this is like another. Another reason to keep Feather out of Feather. Feather is the worst card in Feather. Sure. Ricky, you got another card for us? I do. What you got? Baleful Mastery. Ooh, all right. Is this is this the best the best one in the cycle, you think? This is the best, most straightforward one in the cycle. The rest of them are so funky and weird, I don't like uh-huh. to think about them. Good the Baleful Mastery is black three for an instant to exhale target creature or planeswalker, so it's easier to cast uh, Vraska's Fire. Contempt. Um, one of her emotions, you know. Uh, easier to cast, and we don't gain the two life, but we get to exile a creature or a planeswalker. But we can cast this for two black colorless and uh, give them give our opponent a card. Let me be clear. That's not two black colorless. That is for two mana, one colorless, one black. Right. So for half the price, we still get to exile any creature or planeswalker. Um, this card is very, very versatile, very, very good. Uh, it's a rare, and it should be, and you're going to play Narset, and you're going to minus it, and you're going to find this card, and then you're going to spend two mana on your opponent's turn to kill their thing, because this is an instant, and they don't get to draw the card because your Narset's in play. I love this card. I mean, we already see blue-black control, some of like the black-based, like rock, more like rock strategy, like the more attrition-based decks, right? Playing Vraska's Contempt now. This is less color intensive, can be played earlier, and like you said with Narset, no value to your opponent. This card is very good. Right. Um, and like it gets Tybalt out of the way. If you're having trouble with Tybalt, you're having trouble with Nimbusit, you're having trouble with anything. It slices, it dices, everything is exiled. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think this card's great. Top tier. Uh, my last card for this one, and this is kind of wants some opinions on is Galazeth Prismari. Two blue red for a 3-4 Elder Dragon flying. When Galazeth Prismari enters the battlefield, create a treasure token. Artifacts you control have tap, add one mana of any color, spend this mana only to cast an instant or sorcery spell. So, it's Urza. uh, Fixed Urza. It is Urza scaled down to Pioneer. Uh Uh-huh. But now he flies. 
Yes. And has a very important creature typing. What are we doing? What like instance or sorceries are we casting with this though? It's big expansion explosions. I'm not sure yet, mm-hmm. but it's a cool card, right? But you're working on it, right? Like it, it's really interesting. It makes it so that your um, your dark steel citadels can tap for any color mana. Sure. Like if you're playing like a scissors deck, I'm not sure this is the top end we want. We sort of just want more reach. But it mm-hmm. sort of opens the door for more like blue red artifact type decks. Yeah. It does really really dumb things with like paradox engine. Yeah. Um. So that's always fun. My one disappointment with this is that it doesn't work the way you want it to with um, Goldspan Dragon. No, your treasures right. can either sack for two mana or tap for one mana to cast instant. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like I, whenever you think of Goldspan Dragon, I just think of, oh, Goldspan Dragon just makes my treasures tap for more mana. Well, no, Goldspan just cha- gives them the extra ability to tap for and sack for two mana, right? So. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't get that great use out of it, but, I mean, they still are going to be good buddies together in the same deck, I guess. Also, this card has amazing alternate art. Oh, yes, it is very good alternate. I can see this deck becoming, or this card becoming interesting in new decks, right? Where it's like, hey, this is going to be my, you know, I don't know, paradoxical outcome type deck, or, or something like that, where my artifacts, all no matter what they are, get to tap for mana, and maybe that's interesting in some way. Or sure. just some some new version that really wants to rely on, um, you know, artifacts and spells. Again, I, I think the only awkward part of it is um, it, they don't tap for to be able to cast any spell. They only tap to be able to cast. Well, cast does this spells. help like the decks that we see every now and then pop up that are like the paradox, not the paradox outcome, like the Aetherflux Reservoir decks that are just playing a bunch of various just like kind of rocks, but that aren't real rocks, right? They're just going to replace themselves. So now your uh, Prophetic Prism. Also, taps for mana to help cast your paradoxical outcomes. Yeah, I think and more like draw spells and stuff like that. Yeah, and I will say that I think that the Prismari command um, Mm -hmm. pairs really well with this card, right? Where it can make you a treasure token, and obviously that'll can help us cast more Prismari things. Any any spells that make us tokens are could be interesting, right? So there's some interesting applications there. Whether or not they're any good, I don't know, but certainly they could be fun, right? I think I think there's definitely possibilities there. All right, well, I'm out of cards on today, on uh, the 30th. You, Ricky, Chris, you got anything else? I have one to bring up, and then I'm, I'm done as far as, again, since we're trying to get through these pretty quick, and that is Grinning Ignis. Oh, the the reprint. Or, the reprint, uh, yeah. This, reprint. this is the reprint. This is a fine reprint. I think Spellweaver Volute would have made a lot more sense. There's a couple things we talked about last week that I'm pretty disappointed in the way they went as far as predictions, because I think Ricky's prediction would have been way better than what actually happened. But they're toning down power levels, and I and I understand that. So Grinning Ingus is a two colorless and a red for a 2-2 elemental. And Grinning Ingus for a single red, you can return it to its owner's hand, and you get to add colorless, colorless red. Uh, to your mana pool and you can activate this only as a sorcery so the big deal with this is with storm cards coming to like perhaps historic and whatnot this for one red gives you pretty much as much storm as as you want right so for every red mana you have because functionally between the bouncing it and recasting it it's costing you a red you can build up storm i mean i told i thought we already talked about this card so i didn't bring it up um but the Discord, we were we were going deep in the trenches trying to brew something up with this. Mm-hmm. Between like Bergy, Steamkin, and Perforos, we have a combo deck here. Yeah, yeah, there's, def- there's definitely something there, that's for sure. Ricky, you got some? No, I'm good for this day. All right, let's move on to the oh, 31st. On. I got one oh. more. I okay. thought somebody else would pick it, so I didn't think about it. 
I only want to talk about the back of a card. Is that okay? Sure. All right. Awaken the Blood Avatar is, I think, interesting. Okay. The front side... No one's casting, ever. <laughs> literally does not matter. Um, I think it's some card that... It allows you to play Awaken the Blood Avatar as your commander. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, Awaken the Blood Avatar is a sorcery for black, red, six. But as an additional cost to cast this spell, you can sacrifice any number of creatures uh, to reduce the cost by two for each creature you sack this way. So if you sack three creatures to it, you could cast this for red, black. Um, it The spell then reads... Each opponent sacrifices a creature, and you create a 3-6 black and red avatar token with haste, and whenever this creature attacks, it deals 3 damage to each opponent, and I think this card is super cool in Jun Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even if you just sack 2 creatures to it for 4 mana, you get a lot, but if you sack 3 creatures to it, it's sort of insane. And if you have a lot of extra creatures around, I just think this card has potential. The front side, once again, sort of sucks that it does nothing for us. It's a 4-mana, 2-4, white, black, double striker that lets us return creatures from our graveyard to our hand on Magecraft. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I'll be honest, I didn't pay attention to the fact that because this was kind of a 2-sided card and the front side was so unimpressive, I didn't realize that Awaken the Blood Avatar was a sorcery. Yes. And so, um, for some reason, I was thinking it was a, a creature that had that extra effect. So I was like, no, that's kind of that's kind of interesting. But I pay much to it. I I think it's better as a sorcery, like you said. I think you know, hey, if we're going to be playing this as kind of like a one or two of at the top end with some like young pyromancer type action, young pyromancer will give us plenty of extra creatures to sack. And I'm assuming that our opponents' creatures are going to be more important than uh, you know whatever our opponent is sacking, or our creatures are less important than our opponents. However, you want to phrase that. So, with that being said. I think there's a potential here. Even if not in the main deck, maybe just in the sideboard, right? Where... Honestly, the, the thing that sucks about this card, of course, and the, mm-hmm. the big downside is the front side. The front side is actually a huge detriment. Because if this card was a lone card on its own, mm-hmm. we could play it in Luris Pyromancer. Right, right. But because there's a four-mana creature on the front side... Yeah, yeah, it's not Lurisable. Yeah, so that's what sucks about this. Mm-hmm. So, but... I do think it's it's interesting and it's worth thinking about. But I'm ready to move on to the next day if you guys are. Oh, yeah, I am ready. Let's go. I've got a lot on this day. All right. Well, uh, you're the one crunch for time, so let's go. All right. Uh, I'm going to save it for my second pick, um, the big mythic that I want to talk about. Uh, but I would like to talk about uh, deci- uh, decisive denial. Decisive, decisive denial. denial. I'm yeah. sorry. I just uh, derped real hard there. Uh, For one green and one blue, it's an instant. We get to either choose to fight a creature, have one of our creatures fight a creature we don't control, or counter-target non-creature spell unless the controller pays three. And this card is the Simic Charm that we've always wanted. I think That we should have gotten, that we deserve for a while. This card could have been named Square Up, and I would have been pretty happy. (laughs) I'm so mad about Square Up! Why like, isn't it a fight card? You cowards. I like Square Up too, but like this card is super cool and super fun. And it's Quandrix, and you get to instant speed fight is always good, like on Jermoka's Command. And this can also be a mana leak on non-creature spells. So it answers creatures, it answers non-creatures, and it's in blue-green, which is a color combination that generally has trouble with answers. But not anymore, because we can't have that. Uh, I think this is a solid uncommon that I think we'll see some play in uh, various blue-green decks. 
All right. Well, I'm gonna allow me allow me to take you all on a journey here. Okay. So I want to talk about augmenter pugilist and its backside echoing equation. This is a on fun the, card. On the front side, we have a one green green for a three three troller elf druid. Depends on what day you ask them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trampler. As long as you control eight or more lands, augmenter pugilist gets plus five plus five. Okay, so we got a big beater, right? Three mana green, big beater. We get we play some lands. It gets it'd be an eighty. It has very good flavor text. Very good flavor text, right? The backside, though. Echoing Equation. Three blue blue for a sorcery. Choose target creature you control. Each other creature you control becomes a copy of it until end of turn, except those creatures aren't legendary if the chosen creature is legendary. That end clause right there about not being legendary is why I love this card, and it's why you're going to see me play a bunch of Scoot Swarm decks, ramping into Ulamogs, an echoing equationing a bunch of little mugs. <laughs> oh no. Oh yes. I'm oh, so ready. No. The uh this card I think is very good. Like just the front side is just super solid. Yep. And then the back side can do really, really weird, wonky things. Like turn all your lords and all your creatures into like the Saint Lord. There it's so it's a cool card. It's not an instant, so it's no mirror weave, right? Sure. But the fact that you can make everybody a copy of a legendary creature, um, Mm -hmm. once again, can do some really funny things. I don't know if any of them are competitive in Pioneer yet exactly. but Did you not hear me just say Ulamog and Scoot Swarm? I heard you say that. Those were words you said. Okay. Um, That being said, uh, you can also uh, animate your Gideon. Mm-hmm. And then make all of your creatures into Gideons that aren't legendary. And then activate all their abilities. Yeah, and then activate all their abilities. <laughs> um, if you want the ultimate Chad bro down. Fight uh, me, fight me, fight me, fight me. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just saying, like, that's just the limited amount of lulls you'll get from this card. How it, many keggers can we throw? This card is really just, like, the just the best double face card I've ever seen. Cause it's like, all right, do I want to win the game or do I want to just like mess around win and the not game. win the game? Like the front side is very much like three mana, eight, eight trampler. Let's mm-hmm. win this game. Mm-hmm. And the back side is like, what weird, stupid thing can I do right now that, that will be funny. Mm-hmm. I'm actually upset that the front side is green because I can't play this in a Trotta and a Trotta is a commander deck that would love the backside of this card. No kidding. Huh? Yeah. Um, all right, Chris, you got something, or are you you done? You tapped out for today. Uh, I've got one interesting thing I'll talk about. I'm probably stealing it from somebody else, but just because okay. it's it's kind of nifty, and that is crackle with power. So if oh, you want okay. yeah, something yeah. to do with your massive amounts of mana, this is this is pretty insane. Um, if you ever get to eleven mana, this pretty much straight what, up. What is crackle of power? Yeah. So crackle of power is a uh, mythic sorcery. It costs X X X. So here's our triple X from the spoiler and oh, double red. Yeah, exactly right. So XXX and double red. It's a sorcery. Crackle of Power deals five times X damage to each of up to X targets. So that means X is going to be divided. So if you pay six mana for your X's and two mana for that, that means X is two, right? But that's mm-hmm. 10 damage to two targets. Yes. So for all of eight mana, right? So I'm mm-hmm. basically going to kill my opponent, right? Or deal a lot of damage to their face for... Yeah. 8 mana, and then kill their best creature. Uh, for 11 mana, so 3, 6, 9, 10, 11 for the double red. Damn she fine. Yeah. 
We're gonna we're gonna deal fifteen damage if I'm understanding this right to our opponent's face and their two best creatures for eleven mana. Yep. So with our you know treasure control deck, our treasure blue red or treasure Jeskai or treasure Grixis, whatever you want it to be, um, spells deck that's gonna build up some some treasure tokens and either play our dragon that's gonna give us make our treasures just tap for instant or sorceries instead of or sorry tap for mana instead of having to actually sacrifice for mana. Here's your payoff card. I mean, it's for 11 mana, pretty much winning the game is pretty pretty cheap. I think it's a lot better than trying to do some Enter the Infinite type shenanigans, you know? Sure, 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 sure. I agree. This card's sweet. I love it. I like that 5 mana Five mana gives you 5 damage. And if you can bump, keep bumping at X value, it just keeps getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky, you got some? Yep, so to keep up with the uncommons from Quandrix before I get to the Mythic, okay. I've got to talk about Emergent Sequence. Ooh, all right. Emergent Sequence is two mana, green colorless, for a sorcery. Search your library for a basic land card, put it into the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle. That land becomes a 0-0 zero, zero green and blue fractal creature that is still a land, and put a 1-1 one, one counter on it for each land you had enter the battlefield under your control this turn, so probably two. So, in Pioneer, there is no rampant growth. Yes. There's Thunderherd Migration, which is rampant growth if you have a dinosaur in your hand. But this is a rampant growth... But your extra land could die to push. It gets pushed, yeah. <laughs> or or shock or wild slash. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's worth the risk. Yeah, you think so? I mean, we we're playing Wolf Willow Haven right now. Wolf Willow Haven is pretty good. It's sort of our rampant growth of the format. But some decks really they want the land and they don't want the like stacked up enchantments and stuff like that. And for those kinds of decks, I think Emergent Sequence is going to be in Pioneer. At least it is the only rampant growth effect we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have Growth Spiral, right? Growth Spiral is probably pretty good. And this card is is pretty good. Also, if you look at it for value, you're getting a land and a Grizzly Bear for two mana. Sure. I, I think that this card is a... This card's a weird one, and don't sleep on it. And like I'm looking at like the... The two drop two three elf that gives all your creature lands plus two plus two and trample. Uh-huh. Like I'm looking at weird things like that. Um I'm I'm looking at cards. There's cards there's right. cards that work with this. I'm I'm excited about this card. Alright. The card I want to talk about, which is like a one row down, is a card that I think we, I could I could convince Chris to go in on. And that's Leonin Light Scribe. For one and a white, we get a two two cat cleric with Magecraft. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. So hear me out here, right? Mm-hmm. We get Jeskai Ascendancy. We play some token-y stuff. All of our token producers make all of our guys bigger for the turn. I Is this card going to take over the world? Probably not. But I think there could be a home for it. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong, right? Like, especially in token strategies, we're like, at least in like modern, if we can get... That's where, like, man, I really wish we had, like, a Lingering Soul stuff. But we talk oh, all the time. Gosh, it's yeah. Like, yeah. I'd love to see Innistrad minus a couple cards into Pioneer. You know, there's mm-hmm. obviously some cards, I think, like, Snapcast. But there's some cards that are just really too good. But I think some of the flashback stuff would really work well. And um, I would really like to see, like, a Lingering Souls type. Because there's just very little white-black color combination in the format. And maybe there will be with this uh, Strike Saving coming out. There's some strong white-black cards. But... Uh, there's some token makers that I think that, you know, you can play at instant speed that I think are interesting. 
I think there's some instant and sorcery token makers around that I think definitely make this interesting where it's like, Hey, mm-hmm. I get to play my one mana token maker. It also anthems my team. So mm-hmm. there's possibilities there. Do you guys want me to blow your mind though? Um, yeah. What's up? Okay. Are you guys ready? So like with the white Magecraft cards, right? I've been thinking about them, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I also put the one drop on my list, right? I hope you're thinking about them because we need you to deliver deck list next Wednesday. Okay. Have you guys thought about Statessen Tactics? Ooh. Or Launch the Fleet. The Strive, I thought about the launch strive the cards. The Strive cards, they copy, for every copy you get a trigger. And with Statessen Tactics particularly, you're going to get all your triggers to resolve before the fighting begins. Yeah. So with Launch the Fleet, it sort of sucks because the tokens are not going to have the the buff north can they swing that turn or maybe they come into play uh, tapped and tapped, I right? think I think the launch the fleet attacks with you because it's a fleet attacking with you I'll have to look at it because I've been looking at that card since Pioneer came out there's a bunch sitting at the bulk bin at my local game store and I've thought every day of like man there this card this card was good and I think with this style of magecraft like you said I think the value of those kind and of they effects do enter tapped and attacking yeah there you go right so like Statessen tactics is green colorless and it copies for one green. Um, so it can very easily just like become a bunch of triggers. Uh huh. Um, so I, I'm just saying like uh, this. I think this card is pretty. It's going to get pretty good. Okay. All right. All right. There's also a red one that's like one red and then one red to cast after after that, and it's um they can't block. Mm-hmm. Which that's like the cheapest way to just copy a billion spells off of one card. Mm-hmm. Sure. But uh, yeah, I've been thinking about Strive with that. But anyways, back on topic. It's time for me. Is it time? Body of Research, baby. Hey. I am so hyped about this card. It is green, 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 blue, blue, blue. Six mana total for a sorcery. Create a zero, zero, blue and green fractal creature token. Put X, one, one counters on it, where X is the number of cards in your library, this card is absolutely positively broken in every conceivable way. I'm telling you, this card is good. We looked at Kazmina and we saw the blue-green mythic, and we got we got the warning bells, but we decided to dismiss it. No, no threat. This mm-hmm. is the threat. This is warning bells. Um, so this is going to make about a thirty to forty creature uh, for six mana. Right. Lots of ways to give it trample. Lots okay. of ways to have it enter and get haste. Um, lots of ways to fling it. Uh, there's also a little card from Ravnica Allegiance called Simic Ascendancy. Uh, for two mana, it's an enchantment. And it says whenever one or more 1-1 one, one counters will be placed on a creature you control, you may put that many evolution counters on Simic Ascendancy. And at the beginning of your upkeep... If Simic Ascendancy has 20 or more counters on it, win the game. The whole entire game? The entire game. Wow. Shut down Magic. Magic's dead. Ricky won with Simic Ascendancy. So, I mean, blue-green cards are already good. Right. Like, we're already playing Mystic Dispute. We're already playing Growth Spiral. We're playing Wolf Willowhaven already. Like, these are just good cards in general. But what do we do about our opponent's Mystical Dispute? Uh, we cast our own Mystical Dispute. It's not mm. fun. It's not a fun game. Okay. But uh, I think that this card is very, very real. I think that this card is going to create a lot of quick two-card combo kills. Uh, so with Simic Ascendancy, you spend a total of eight mana over the course of two turns, and they can answer your big creature 
but then they also have to answer the enchantment, which is harder to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, both can give it a abrupt decayed. Uh, I understand that. They both get Assassin Trophy too. But like if they answer your Simic Ascendancy, then they still have like a 35-35 on the board. And they're, that's hard to answer. Uh, I will because... say, so if, if Chris was taking on this journey, I'd be a little skeptical. But since this is Ricky, the mastermind Lynn talking about this, I, I, ha- I just have to think it's good. I feel like I should be insulted by that. I, I just, you got to believe me that this is good. Oh, apparently Ruckman does. Apparently Ruckman will go with you all the way to Tuna Town. How many? Uh, <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I've already many, pre-ordered my many, set. How many standard decks are we going to see with this on next Wednesday? Standard decks? Oh my god. I will definitely have a good standard deck for it. Because uh, right. there's, there's a fling land in the format. Yep. Um, and I think there's lots of ways to like cheat our damage in with our big mm-hmm. ass creature. So I have I have two cards left on this day. None, none I really want to super go into. Sure. Uh, one of them is just ecological appreciation, which is just uh, this card cancels out the pie bet because it was not the card that we thought it was going to be. So uh, pie bet on hold until that card until the uh, the black gifts ungiven gets printed and we find out that it's not bodies unbroken. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the other card I want to talk about is I think the bad mastery cycle card, which is fervent mastery. Hold on. Th- I've been reading this card for three years. I now have a PhD in this card. Okay, are you going to tell me it's not? It's actually good? I'm going to tell you that I've finally deciphered what this card does. Okay, alright. So, uh, before Ricky goes... Alright, so Ricky, what is, what is... Give us the preamble to your master's thesis here. Um, so this is a spell that affects the game of Magic the Gathering for red, red, and three sorcery. You may pay red, red, and two rather than pay this cost. If you paid Red, Red, and 2, an opponent can discard any number of cards, then draw that many cards, and then, either way, we search our library for three cards, put them into our hand, shuffle, then discard three cards at random. So we triple gamble, and we let our opponent select a wheel. Right, for four mana instead of five. Yeah. Who boy. Take it away, Ruckman. I mean, I think this card's just bad. It's, uh unbelievably bad okay good the the pause there had me worried like am i gonna get upset here dude i've literally tried to like i've thought of a lot of things to try to get this card to work ruckman ruckman actually thought that it was the best card he's ever seen until ricky said it was bad and now he believes it (laughs) (laughs) i was like secretly is is it lets your opponent selectively wheel and you get to entomb three times See, I, I kept, like, I turned this card over. I was like, there's a backside, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. more. When does the good part of the rare start? <laughs> right. What you don't see is in the background of these two mages dueling, there's a Narset, because that's the only way this card is playable. Like, this card, this card, man, like, the art doesn't even make sense with what's happening. Nothing makes sense here. This is the worst magic card I've seen ever designed, probably uh, for a while. I don't know. I I think the the double white each player draws three cards. Oh yeah, do we want to talk about that real fast? I know Chris wants to talk wait, about that. Real it's fast. the, the laziest day. design I've ever seen in my life. But don't get me wrong. I think the card is interesting in that it's the cheapest I've ever seen you be able to draw three cards. Right? Like have we already moved on to this effect. card? What's that? Are we are we moving on to that day? And this is your first pick? Oh, is it another day? Yeah. I thought it was in the past. No, we we can we can we can skip it. Oh, what is literally the first card of the next day? Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, I wanted to point out that I think that Quandrix Cultivator, which is the uh, whatever Quandrix or whatever uncommon, 
I yeah. think it's pretty reasonable. It's a four mana three four that searches up a land, and it's a reasonable body in Ramses. So I'm assuming you know it's not the most flashy card, but uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of intriguing to me, right? Like mystical snake or whatever has been been played and obviously that's got a much better effect because it counters a spell but this also ramping us is kind of interesting so you know it's ruined these hybrid spells for me not just the fact that the hybrid man is in between the regular color mana right the hybrid mana symbol's bigger oh interesting i don't have a i don't have a loop so i'm not gonna look at that. And it bothers me Fair anyway enough. back to great art great flavor text bad card secret rendezvous yeah so Secret Rendezvous is is the spoiler they were like, hey, we were like, there's it says, uh, you know, you draw three cards and it's a white card, right? And we were like, there's no way it's just going to be something stupid like, oh, your opponent also gets to draw cards, right? It's like super lazy design. It's not really good space in my opinion. There's going to be something cool attached to it, right? Well, guess what? It's just one colorless, double white, sorcery. You and target opponent each draw three cards. So Interesting for Commander, I think, right? Like, you can make a buddy. i let you know that what? this card is broken. Yeah, I mean, I, I think still think it's bad design. I don't know. Like, Why? I, I don't... Do we also have a Narset in play when we cast it? No, yeah. no, no. Better. We have Smothering Tithe. Oh, my God. This yeah. card with Smothering Tithe is draw three, gain three. It's a free oh. draw three spell. Okay, but like, our, we're not doing that in Pioneer. In Storm deck in Pioneer. Oh my god. Now you're getting ridiculous. I am. Yeah. This card's uh, fine, and some people are going to play it with Smothering Tithe and have a good time. The, f- and the fact else's. that, like, if it was at least, like, your opponent, your target opponent draws two cards, so you're not at a card disadvantage, and it's still card <clears throat> parity at the end of the day, right? Like, right, right. you're down a card after casting this. Right, because they right. drew as many cards as you. I, I think the only like the place I see this is this is the place where, as stupid as the deck is, I think it's been close several times in Magic history. Is where fog might be interesting, right? Like where you don't care what your opponent's drawing because you just need a critical mass of cards, and that oh. could be for anything, right? Like if you've got super control of the game, you just need to draw your combo or whatever you might be doing. I, I think there's applications for this card, but. You know, I think like white leads me towards fog because it's got, you know, several white fog yeah. effects, but uh, very unimpressed with this card. Otherwise, I think it could be strong. I just don't like what they did with it. All right. I want to talk about because I think this card is going to be underrated. I want to talk about Silver Quill Silencer. You think this card is underrated? I feel like I've seen more people talk mess about this card, and I think this card is actually very good. It is. I think I've only seen a good discussion about this card. I've but, seen a lot of people be very negative on this card. Lay it I down. Think this card's for garbage. Me. I will just I'll I'll tell you right now. I have no qualms about how garbage I think this card is. And so I keep burning my my Chris jersey even more. Exactly start, right. Yeah. Uh, so Silver Cool Silencer, white and a black for three two human cleric. It's a cleric, Chris. How do you not like it? Uh, don't get me wrong. I I think it's fine. Right. I don't okay. think it's as bad as some people think. Mm-hmm. I just I am not impressed. Okay. But anyway. As it enters the battlefield, choose a non-land card name. Whenever an opponent casts a spell with the chosen card name, they lose through life and you draw a card. This card's great. Like, I'm thinking, like, we have, there's, like, a human shell, right? We play, like, Kite Seal Freebooter. We got our Thought Seizes. We get to pick... I think we're mostly picking, like, a removal spell or a Wrath spell, right? Like, cards your opponents really want to cast. And... If they choose to kill this, then you it's it acts as a flag bearer, and then you they lose three life, and you draw a card. Like I think this card's great. Like think about it in an aggressive deck. Like turn one thought season to turn two this right. 
then you get to name something out of their hand that you know their hand, right? Uh-huh. Like, if they're playing, like, a less, uh, like, controlling deck, like, they're playing more of a, uh, like, aggressive deck, or they're playing a, uh, like, a combo deck, you just get to name some of their pieces that, like, move them forward in the game, and now they're going to push them backwards. If they're playing more control deck, you name their removal spell, and your two-drop creature still got its three damage in and replaced itself. If I'm playing against Mono Green, I'm naming Burning Tremissary and watching as they take nine and I draw three cards. Right. Yep. So so do me a favor. What deck are we playing this in? Black White. Black White. Yes. Perfect. This I think this makes a this makes like uh not really death and taxes, but like I think this is where we start figuring out the death and taxes shell. We get like Thoughtseize, Kite Sail, Freebooter, this card. I think this is a new deck. Yeah, I think. I think when um, somebody has the the gall to throw in a um, you know unclaimed territory type card plus a uh, mana confluence and whatever else and wants to play like Esper Human or something like that, then I'm down. And until you can tell me a deck we're going to play with this, I, I don't think these are the colors right now. And, and I think you kind of have to play trends. What's that? Mono white humans. You can just splash black for this because black is already such a free color to splash. Yeah, I, I maybe maybe again. I I'm like, not a believer. I, I I you know if we're playing like the human acro deck, like this is a great sideboard card. Like again, like you just name your opponent's wraths. You're gonna like get to draw an extra card off the wrath. They lose three light. Like I think this card, even as a like a sideboard playable card, is very good and we'll see play. Yeah, I mean maybe again. I I, I don't think it's that good, but maybe we're desperate enough for for things. I just I think white has the best sideboard cards in the game. Um, between removal and get graveyard exile and things like that, that I'm just I'm not sure this guy is going to find a spot for the value that it gives you for for the creature and, and the mana restriction cost. But maybe, like I said, that I think if you you have a point where like if there's a new deck who wants to play this, either the main deck or sideboard, it's there. But again, for the uh, kind of rare of this set like this, I'm just not I'm just not. So I sure. will pie bet you on this card. Uh, what are you going to pie bet me on it? Two copies, at least, main board, challenge top eight. All right, sounds good. I'll pipe bet that. By the time D&D comes out. Okay. You got it. All right. So who's got the next pick for this day? Uh, I have one more card. Chris, I know there's a card you want to talk about here as well. Wait, wait. We just started this day. Oh, I thought you said the last pick. for the, No, who wants the next pick for this day? Oh. Uh, I mean, I just went, so someone else can go. All right. Let's talk about a little card, Symmetry Mage. Symmetry Mage, okay. This card is good. This card is simple. This card is good. One mana, zero two flyer. When you cast an instant sorcery, it hits base power two. I think this card's good. It's also a wizard, which means that it turns on uh, Wizard's Retort. The mono blue decks, man. I think this card's I think good. I think it'd be interesting. My only fear is that, like, in the mono blue decks, I have really found that, like, the spells you want to be casting are on your opponent's turn to, like, stop them from doing stuff. Like, proactive cards like Opt have not been as good. Um, and, like, the spells you typically want to be casting are, like, enchantments, such right. as, like, um, the one that pumps and uh, draws you a card. But if you don't attack, you sack it. Mm-hmm. You might be right. This this card, uh, I think, is, is very good. I think it's just, like, a very solid card Sure. to me. I always want to play the Delvers, and this looks like a Delver to me. Yeah, totally fair. Um, I've actually got 
that's uh, probably a solid three here for this day. And, and yeah, here's a card that I think is a sleeper. Okay. Cause I don't think this card is getting a lot of attention. I could be wrong to be honest with you, but one card, I think me and I think Ricky or me and Ruck, and one of you guys, we've talked about this is mascot exhibition. Yo, dab on them. Yeah. This is a colorless lesson. It costs seven colorless mana, right? It's a sorcery lesson. You make a two, one white and black inkling creature with flying. A 3-2 red and white spirit creature token, which it does not have flying for whatever reason, and a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token. Now, the reason I'm keeping an eye on this card is they printed this card in Hearthstone, and it was insanely good. They actually had to nerf it. Um, it cost one more initially, right? I think it actually cost eight. Maybe it did cost seven when it when it came out. But um, Taunt was in effect in that game, and one of the creatures had Taunt, so that was w- what it was. But um, this, this card... I'm looking out for it. If there's any lessons to be learned out there. So um, it, it makes three creatures for you. And I think spreading them out, I think could never will definitely will be a good thing. You know, I, I wish the spirit also had evasion or the four, four had trample or something like that, but whatever, we can't necessarily, we can't actually win at all. But the fact this is a lesson, which obviously when, you know, if there's a good card with lesson that we could just go fetch this for like a control deck or just like a mid range strategy, um, even in pioneer, I think there's something to be had here. I think the card is uh, is definitely interesting, and I am I am scrutinizing every lesson card. Mm-hmm. So like it's in my like you know it's in my lesson pile. It's in the peripheral. Like, it's just a card yeah. I wanted to kind of point out to be like keep your eye on this card because like so the fact that it's tutorable is pretty interesting. Who's got the next one? Yeah, uh, I wanted to quickly talk about uh, Mila and Luca. Mm-hmm. So Mila Crafted Companion, one white white for legendary creature Fox, a 2-3. Whenever an opponent attacks one or more planeswalkers you control, play loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control. Whenever a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. Uh, that's the Mila half. The Luca half, uh, wait, Luca Wayward Bonder, four red red, plus uh, starts with uh, five loyalty. Plus one, you may discard a card if you do draw a card. If, you dis- if a creature card is discarded this way, draw two cards instead. Minus two, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, exile at the beginning of your next upkeep. Minus seven, you get an emblem with whenever a creature you enters the battlefield under your control. It deals double damage equal to any its power to any target. So... You said double. I think it just deals regular damage. It just deals damage equal to its power. Sure. Gotcha. Um, I... Boy, this card. This card. So, it's interesting because they have Mila here to also, like give you some value if you played an extra one and has a have a Luka in play, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, it's kind of at odds with itself because to get the full value, you want a lot of creatures and you want a lot of Planeswalkers. So this is also one of those cards where I think runs runs into the weird issue where I've kind of skipped over a lot of the cards, but I think we're running into a weird problem where, hey, everything has to print cards for Commander now. Yep. And I feel like this is one that's really emblematic of this because, like, if this card was... Uh, if the front side was one in a white for just even like a two one or like a two two, and we just took off the planeswalker part of the text box, I'd be so in on this card in mono white decks because now like all of our opponents' fatal pushes again, similar to the silencer, draws a card. If they spend the first one to kill this, well, then we're still replacing with the card. Um, Shaper Sanctuary is one of my favorite underplayed cards in green sideboards, and this is kind of like a mini one, right? Um. Luca, I just think, is really bad in general. Um, like, I'm sure someone's going to be like, oh, we're just going to buy back like Eldrazi with the minus two and stuff like that. But it's like, there's so much graveyard hate in Pioneer that is that really going to be good enough 
So that's kind of my thoughts on this card. I, it's a cool idea. I, I just stat it a little differently on the creature side. If if the creature was just again one mana less, we change the stats a bit, get rid of that front paragraph of text. I would play the front half in an instant. And if we had to get desperate and play Luca and we're ahead or need to somehow come back, sure. I'm with you. I really like the ward mechanic from this set. And I think there's a couple interesting creatures with ward that hopefully we'll get to look at as time goes on. Um, maybe do some more in-depths when we're not trying to cover all the spoilers since just so many came out. But I, I agree with your overall thoughts. I've got nothing else on this day. I think yeah. it's the Chris show now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've got, I guess I've got one or two more and somebody else can take the Phoenix if they want. Cause I'm uh, there. There's another uh, rare. I want to talk about the, the big one from this day is the mythic called Mavinda students advocate, which has really, really cool art. It's some giant owl looking creature talking to some student. The owl looks really cool. It costs two colorless and one right and one white. It is a legendary creature bird advisor. It has flying. It is a two power with three toughness creature. And it's got an activated ability that costs zero mana. For zero mana, you can cast target, instant, or sorcery card from your graveyard this turn. If that spell doesn't target a creature you control, it costs eight more to cast this way. If that spell would be put into your graveyard, exile it. So, again, I think this is a pretty interesting feather type effect. That this is probably feather five and six if you want it. Now, again, as Ricky says, feather is one of the, the worst cards in the deck. Uh, which I could understand. So maybe this doesn't doesn't make it, but it's just another interesting card that I think can really help that deck if you wanted to go all in on that type of effect, right? Like if you wanted to build more around Feather, you don't have to, you know, hey, I don't have Feather, so it folds, which I think is the problem with the Feather decks. You now get more of that Feather style uh, card to really make your deck do what it wants to do. Yeah, yeah. I like it a lot. Um, also, you talk about the art. I think that's just because... You imagine your D and D Birdman teaching a young Jake Jake Long how to be a, a, a monk. Ah, very true. Brings back <laughs> memories. <laughs> All right, um, I could talk about a card if you want to talk about the Phoenix. Um, okay. I kind of wanted to go the other way. I wanted somebody else to talk about the Phoenix. Sure, I I'll talk about, about the Phoenix it. then because I think this Phoenix is good. But there's another Phoenix I want instead. So three and a red for Retriever Phoenix. It's a two-two Phoenix with flying haste. Whenever it enters the battlefield if you cast it learn so that's sweet right so you get a rummage or you get to go find a lesson when you cast it or when it comes back great as long as retriever phoenix is in your graveyard if you would learn you may instead return retriever phoenix to the battlefield uh, this card's great uh it really pushes you unfortunately into that sort of we talked in the past about like parasitic mechanics so if you want to play this you need a lot of learn cards to get use out of it so um it's obvious that's where it's better home when i look at this card i just keep thinking can we just get chandra's phoenix in pioneer yeah, I, I hear you. Um, I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want my favorite Phoenix to hear me talking about another Phoenix, you know? Sure, sure, that sure. Just, it just seems like bad juju. Um, but if you guys are willing to gloss over Retriever Phoenix real quick, I'll finish off this day. Sure. Because um, I want to talk about Vanishing Verse. That was the other card I was going to talk about. Yeah, I think Vanishing Verse is were definitely worth discussing. This is one of those cards that I could see where you guys are talking about, like, hey, if, if there's a black-white deck to be had, an Orsov deck, as I'll call it, because I'm not going to do... What is this, Sliver Quill or something? Silver Quill. Silver Quill. Silver Quill. Sure, Silver Quill. Um, it costs one white and one black. It is an instant for Vanishing Verse, which I think is very relevant text. That instant text box makes me so happy. Exile target monocolored permanent. So lands do not have a color, so we can't get that cute with it. But still, any problem permanent that's monocolored, which there's a lot of in Pioneer, 
Um, obviously not Croxa, sadly, but there are a lot of them that are monocolored because there's a lot of powerful um, creatures and enchantments and whatever else. Right. It hits Tibble. Oh, no, it doesn't hit Tibble. It hits yeah. Nis- It hits Big Nissa, though. It does right. hit Big Nissa. It mm-hmm. hits Niv. Oh, no, it doesn't hit Niv. Nope. But there are a lot of things that it's still... Well, sh- it hits Sylvan Keratin. Oh, it doesn't hit Sylvan Keratin. I'm sorry, I don't like this card. <laughs> I think this card is straight trash. I, I I'm with Chris. Like I think this card's great. I think this card's great. Like you know, are we playing as a four of? No, but there are a lot of. I think you're underselling the matchups because there are a lot of them where this is highly highly relevant. Yeah, there sure. there is the three mana version of this card which costs us three life that I think is you know Angry is definitely making. better in a lot of ways. But sure. I don't know. I think this card's definitely interesting. I think the fact that it costs only two is uh, is pretty sick and. You know, we're going to have ways to remove their stuff anyway. But, you know, again, if there's a problem permanent you need to take care of, uh, hey, it's there. You know, let me put out this fire. I, I'm back on Team Chris. I'm put the jersey back on. There we go. Are we ready to move on to the last day here, April 3rd? Yeah, I, I got like 2nd? two cards I want to talk about here. In April 2nd? Yeah. I've got like three. All right. Uh, I do. Uh, you got to leave in a couple minutes. So uh, let's go with like one or two of yours first. All right. I'm going to talk about the big one. Okay. Because uh, once again, uh, what color is broken at Mythic? Simic. Simic, yeah. All right. We have uh, Journey to the Oracle, which is a backside of a card. Which was, again, one of the cards that was misprinted in the preview. It will not be misprinted, though. It is green, green, two, sorcery. You may put any number of land cards from your hand into the battlefield. Then, if you control eight or more lands, you can discard a card if you do return journey to the Oracle to its owner's hand. Um, so this lets you drop your whole hand of lands. It costs mm-hmm. four mana, but it still could be pretty good. Even if this just only drops two lands into play, still very good. Also lets us rebuy it. If we have extra cards in our hand, we're playing mm-hmm. green blue, which is the card draw color. So we're probably going to have extra cards. The front side though is Jadzi Oracle of Arcavios. And this is blue blue six for a five five human wizard discard a card to bounce it back to our hand mage craft whenever we cast or copy in this sorcery spell we reveal the top card of our library if it's a non-land card we can cast it by paying one rather than paying its mana cost and if it's a land it comes into our, into the play and into our battlefield uh this card's crazy card's very good it is it is a one card engine it powers itself, and it can keep itself in your hand, so you get to cast both sides of it. I think this card's absolutely insane. Can we... Alright, is this... Is this out of the question for Lotus Field? No. I was right. thinking about it mostly in Lotus Field. Fair. That's what, that was my first thought on this card, too. The only problem is Journey to the Oracle should be the front side, so I can mm-hmm. tutor it with Fae of Wishes, but sure. I can't. Um, I think this could be interesting in an unexpected results deck. Oh yeah, <laughs> get out! Of, get out of here! Do not, do not bring that card up again. I am like ninety five percent sure that deck five out through match fixing that deck was awful. Um, another card, if you guys want me to uh, to uh, go again here, I'll talk about Deadly Brew. Okay, which is one black, one green for a sorcery. That says each player sacrifices a creature or planeswalker, but if you sacrificed a permanent this way, you can return another permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. So it's 
It's regrow and edict, uh, which should cost us four mana. But instead, this costs us two mana. I think this card's great. This is on my list of cards to talk about this day, too. I, I love this card a lot. So unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh... This is a card I want opinions on, so I do want to get in this before Ricky has to leave here. Uh, sure. Sedgemore Witch, Tuna Black, 3-2 Human Warlock, Menace, Ward, Pay 3 Life, Magecraft, you make a 1-1 one, one Pest. Uh, oh, yeah. This is card this a, is... I, see, I think this is a... If, if like, the Demir control deck sticks around, if control decks really stick around in Pioneer, I think this is, like, a mirror match sideboard card. Man. I, it's, I don't think it's bad. It's got a lot of words on it. Um, so it has to be good, right? Yeah. I think I this card is very, very good. I, again, I don't know. There's just so much competition at cheap drops, but yeah. it's uh, an that's, aggressive that's why my, my That's why my first thought is this is like the control mirror card. You know, yeah. like how back in the day when you're playing things like Thief of Sandy and stuff like that for the mirror... This just lets you draw your cards, play your draw spells and stuff like that. You're getting more tokens still on the board. That's kind of where I see this slotting into. Now, is, could there be another home for it? Sure. But that's my immediate thought of it is like a control mirror card. Yeah, I could see it in some kind of aggressive deck. Like, I don't think you necessarily have to have the Magecraft to make it super good. Good Scott Menace. And then it, you know, it's kind of got that effect where, you know, the... Um... It's big Pyromancer. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's it's a big pyromancer, and then also I think the ward's pretty cool, and the tokens it makes you are are pretty awesome, right? They they're definitely mirror breakers as far as hey the tokens kind of mirror the red black mirror whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. So I think this card could make some waves. I'm I would expect to see this card definitely in some sideboards at the very least, maybe in some main decks and some pioneer. Yeah. But it's tough to say, right? A lot of competition for that slot. Yep. Uh, who's got another card? Ricky, I think is got another one. I do. I'm gonna. It's a. It's a small uncommon that I like here. Uh, oh no, this is actually a rare. Oh ish. Well, I thought it was uncommon, but it's a rare, and it, I guess it deserves it. Callus uh, Blood Mage. That was the next card I was gonna talk about. This card's real good. This card's very good. I really thought this was uncommon. Oh, it's rare. Well, well. Uh, black two for a two one vampire warlock. Uh, when it comes to play, he has a mode. So we got a charming prince here. Um, however. Our modes are way better. Our modes are make a 1-1 one, one, uh, pest token, uh, or we can draw a card and lose a life, or we can exile target player's graveyard. Just shove that on the bottom. Just put it in there, you know? Yeah. So you so, have it, you know? So obviously, my first thought with this guy was, is it a re- is the one mana difference make it a good replacement for the two drop in vampires? Um, so the two drop in vampires is a two mana 1-1 one, one that draws you a card and you and you lose a life yeah man you might just play both Mm -hmm. like this is a two of and like the other one is like a three of sure i think this card is like really good it's got a two one body which is not unrelevant it's got a very good creature type it's super easy to cast and like there's never a mode you don't want sometimes it's like yeah instead of the card i'll just go wide that might happen and sometimes uh you're playing against me who has cards in a graveyard that they want to use and you just get to get all of them for free. Why? Why does it do it? Why does it do this? Why are there like three random black cards that just... Uh, and I guess also just exile your opponent's graveyard while you're the at, mind, you know? The Mind Rot is the one that gets me every time. The mm-hmm. Mind Rot. Oh my god. Why? Uh, guys, please petition wizards and let them know that graveyards matter. And, you know, that, that they're, the graveyards, like that's just as relevant as the hand. And they should stop hating on the graveyard. I agree.
Um, I mean, that's pretty much my last. Oh, oh, I wanted to talk about Demogoth Titan. Yep, I figured you would. Quadrigari for an eleven ten. Whenever Demogoth Titan attacks or blocks, sacrifice a creature. So, boy, I can't Coco into this. So this is probably out, but um, it's a big boy. Yeah. And uh, we just got to f- figure out a bunch of ways of just having cheap creatures we don't care about. And then we're just going to town, right? Yep. yep, yep. This is, uh, by the way, just to be clear, this is Quad Golgari Hybrid. So it costs four yes. mana. Four mana total for an 11-10 creature. And that was just a pretty massive drawback between attacking and blocking. But yeah, I mean, Mono I don't know. I'm rejoice. concerned about what people are going to do with this. I think this makes... You know, this makes my great hinge <laughs> free, right? I don't know. <laughs> this is uh, this is scary. This is scary. This. I mean, I don't need the lawn whirls after I cast this, right? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, you're you're gonna get your your twelve twelve dinosaurs for free after this. You're gonna get your great hinges for free after this. There's a lot you can do here. I don't know if what we're doing is good, but we're doing a lot with it. That's but for sure. Ruckman's willing to find out. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Somebody has to talk about harness infinity. It's good in Commander. I think it could do more. I, I, this card, Harness Infinity, is, is one of the, probably the most talked about cards of the set, I think. It costs a colorless, black, 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 green, green, green. So seven total. It's an instant. You exchange your hand and your graveyard. Exile Harness Infinity. So that stops us from just kind of going infinite, swapping those back and getting Harness Infinities back every time. But still, you know, I think maybe Seasons Past is just better. And so it's not going to see play on Pioneer. But this is an instant, which definitely has upsides, right? And there's a, as we've seen, there's a lot of good control cards in Golgari. We just talked about Deadly Brew. We've talked about some some other stuff. So uh, maybe even Junk, if you want to play your, you know, your exile target permanent type effects throughout Pioneer. So I don't know. Like this seems like Commander for me, but like it, we can't really splash into control deck because it costs green, green, green. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's seven mana, so maybe we'll have the green 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 by then, but, like, eh, I don't know. I don't know what we're getting back, plus with all the graveyard hate. Wouldn't this just feel bad? Like, yeah, if your opponent you're probably just, like, right. graveyard hated you and, like, you had mm-hmm. this card in your hand? I, I mean, I have to give it respect. It's the only sub card in the in the set. Yeah, the, the art on it is for sure beautiful. And, yeah, I, I, def- I think it's very, very powerful. I mean, the thing is we've seen some ultimatums that are also very, very strong. So it's like, are you really going to play this over ultimatum? But I figured I would mention it. I definitely think it, it has some capabilities. I think somebody's going to do you know break it in some kind of way. But like you said, in any amount of, you know, every card now comes with an exile graveyard clause, right? Now that every card's just exiling every graveyard, it's like, eh, not that interesting, you know? I think they've really taken away that design space by making so many cards that exile a graveyard. They need to put seven in every single set. So it's just like, you know, which one do you want? Just pick your favorite art because there's 50 cards that do it. So just pick one. Right. Well, I'm done for today. There's nothing I wanted to talk about in in the third. So if that's that, uh, do you guys have anything in the third? Anything else in the second? Um, Um, Calling ritual real quick. I think it's kind of interesting. It's a two. I think it kind of lends to the Golgari control aspect. It's two colorless green black. It's a sorcery. Destroy each non-land permanent with mana value two or less. And then you add back black or green for each permanent destroyed this way. A good anti-aggro card I think will make some sideboards. Sure. There's a card called Big Play. That's it. The name of it is Big Play. I like that. There you go. It's time to make a big play. Mm Mm-hmm. So. The set has such good names. It I've, I've, it's used up all of them. There's also Umbral Juke. 
uh, which is pretty dope of a name. The 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 snow day for the sleep spell of the set. All of the card names that are named after the magic wizard ball uh, that is definitely not Quidditch uh, are all great. Yeah. Alrighty then. Well, we will save, because I, I know Ricky's got to go here, we will save uh, the Phoenix deck that Rainy Crew through Champion uh, sent us, because I do want to hear both the Europeans on this deck list. Uh, but I will say, you know, Strixhaven is fully out there, so start your Strixhaven does it slap submissions. Uh, we'll be back again next week with more uh, sort of uh, an overall look, sort of going back through cards we didn't miss, cards we do want to sort of double down on, I guess. Rather, uh, for Strixhaven, of course, get ready for that early access event next Wednesday, which I believe, if as always, should probably start, we'll probably start streaming, I think, around like noon. It's generally when that starts. Hopefully, we'll all be here for that. We will be taking part of that next Wednesday. So it should be a lot of fun. Of course, I want to say thank you all. Of course, wonderful people at home for listening. Thank you, Chris Rick, for joining me. If you want to support us again, it's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Or at the start of the show, I forgot to mention the fact that we have an ETH Gaming affiliate link in the description below. That'll take you to our store page and apply our affiliate codes if you don't want to buy one of our two sweet, sweet playmats we have on offer. You can go buy something else instead and still support us in that manner. Gentlemen. Thank you again for joining me. Where can people find you on Twitter, Chris? Uh, at it's underscore Christmas, and Christmas has no T. And Ricky, where can they find you? Uh, at also Steve on Twitter and on Twitch at Dormonster TV. Wonderful. And of course, I am at Crew3Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we're going to kind of take a little bit of a break. Uh, we've been on a break, I guess, really from the YouTube channel, Deck Techs. Uh, I just, the weekends have been really busy for me, so expect a Deck Tech out this week. We'll have our top five Pioneer cards. Um, and then we'll take a couple of extra weeks off for deck text so I can start normalizing my schedule again. Uh, but to make up for that, I will be uploading stream VODs because I stream Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I'll be uploading stream VODs to the YouTube channel to help make up for that because I know not everyone likes to go watch VODs. But we'll do like stuff when get, stuff gets posted on YouTube. So look for more Pioneer content there. That's Crew3MTG on YouTube and Crew3MTG on Twitch. We'll talk to you all guys next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.